Welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Janet Nakano. Your MBA doesn't have to be just an MBA nowadays. It could be an MBA with a finance concentration. How about an MBA in global management, in technology, in real estate, or healthcare? More business schools are crafting specialized curriculums that give students a targeted approach to their education and careers. So instead of choosing schools based on the latest business school rankings, it might be better to find programs that specialize in your field of interest. Stay with us as we explore four top MBA programs with tracks in entrepreneurship, finance, technology, and general management. We'll find out how a specialized curriculum can play a big role in shaping your future goals. Support for MBA Podcaster comes from Kaplan Test Prep and Admissions, the pioneers of the test prep industry. And after more than 40 years and tens of thousands of GMAT success stories, they've learned that the key to success on the GMAT is preparation and practice. That's why Kaplan, and only Kaplan, offers the ultimate practice test, a trial run of the GMAT at the actual testing facility. It's your chance to find out what you're up against on test day without recording an official score. So when you're up against the real thing, you can focus on what's really important, performing your best. And with eight more computer-adaptive practice tests in the Kaplan curriculum, it's also a part of the most realistic GMAT practice you can get from anyone, anywhere. You'll prep smarter and score higher, guaranteed or your money back. And MBA podcaster listeners can save 10%. Just use code MBAPOD10 at captest.com slash podcaster or when you call 1-800-CAPTEST. CEO, COO, or president, do you think you have what it takes to sit in that corner office? As a high-level executive at any organization, you'd be accountable for a company's overall operation, direction, and ultimately its success or failure. That's why having knowledge in all the core disciplines of management is often key to rising above the ranks. Harvard and University of Michigan rank at the top for their general management education, as well as the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. Rebecca Joffrey is Tuck's Associate Director of the Career Development Office. The general management education for students means that, that everyone starts out with the same foundation. There's a required core the first year. Everyone takes the same classes. There's very little opting out of classes. Maybe if you have a really strong accountant, if you're a CPA, you wouldn't be required to take intro accounting. But for the most part, all students take the same courses. And then second year, you then are completely open to choose the classes that you want that you feel are going to enhance your career. But if if you want to take all finance classes your second year, you can. But we know that you're also leaving Tuck with a very strong foundation in marketing as well as finance because you've had that required core experience before you moved forward. Joffrey says a general management education will cover everything you need to know to run a business, from strategizing to deal-making. What we do is we bring in people through admissions with specific expertise and then round them out so they can ultimately hopefully manage the strategic direction of an organization, either from within that organization or from the outside through consulting. The, the philosophy behind that is, is that if you want to run a technology company, you may have an engineering background, and what you really need is a general management training um, in order to develop the finance skills, the marketing skills, all the skills you need to run an organization. 
you don't necessarily want to major in technology. You have a technology background. General management track students usually don't become CEO of a company right after graduation. But Joffrey says that is their goal eventually. Ultimately, all of our students want to leave and run an organization, and so some go at it by going directly into the company to start with. Others go first into consulting and then go over to、um, run a company. Joffrey says at Tuck, like at most business schools, students get jobs in areas like consulting and investment banking. But another popular career choice is corporate jobs. And 20 to 30 percent of students will go into Fortune 100 type companies like General Mills, PepsiCo, and that is a、um, the, one of the more interesting areas these days. In that area is、uh, leadership development programs because I think those particularly take advantage of the general management training,、um, and those are fast track programs. Like at PepsiCo, for example, where you、um, will be running a division within five or six years, and they're hiring students with you know five to six years prior experience, and putting them in an area of PepsiCo where they can excel. From a career standpoint, I think the students who have they feel like they've got really good grounding in a specific area, like they've worked in、um, marketing or engineering. And what they want, what they feel like they need to do, is not specialize further, but round out their experience. I feel like those people gain a lot from this type of education. With billion-dollar success stories like YouTube and Apple's iPod, it's no wonder that technology is one of the hottest tracks in business schools. Technology is an integral part of nearly all businesses, and whether you go into marketing, finance, or any field in management, you'll likely need a solid understanding of the field. Most programs offer some courses in information technology or tech management, but you can also find schools that have technology concentrations, like the Tepper School of Business and the McComb School of Business at the University of Texas Austin. The MIT Sloan School of Management launched a new program last year called the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program. Ed Roberts is a professor at Sloan and chair of the program. Sloan is ranked number one in the country for its technology specialty, and Roberts says that's because the school runs quite differently from other traditional MBA programs. In our classes in entrepreneurship, which are all run in the Sloan School, but they're all open. For the engineers and scientists. So, for example, we got a course called Entrepreneurship Lab. Entrepreneurship Lab is heavily a projects course in which we work with local, early stage, rapid growth, high tech companies. So, our view is we can't possibly do a good job if it was all Sloan School students. They need to be commingled. If we don't have some scientists and engineers. We don't have the right coverage. We're not bridging enough to the content of the companies and the like. So we strongly encourage and we recruit engineers and scientists to be co-registering in in these courses, which you know on paper look like they're Sloan School courses. They are Sloan School courses, but they're Sloan School courses open to the rest of the institution. Roberts says, but all Sloan courses aren't linked to technology. You can find classes in straight marketing and finance. But if you are interested in the tech industry, Roberts says it's easily accessible at Sloan. 
Many students with engineering or tech backgrounds that continue with a technology concentration can find careers as consultants or project managers, or even eventually end up as a chief information officer at a corporation. Ed Roberts says graduates from Sloan's Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program will likely go into one of three directions. We say number one, we believe a small number. Will immediately or in the very near future start their own new companies, perhaps with a classmate or with an idea that came out of one of their projects or what have you. Number two, we think a larger number will go to work for relatively early stage, growing high tech companies that are offering good experience and opportunities to grow and develop. And finally, we say number three, we expect some number. Will go to work for either consulting organizations or financial services organization for a period of time, expecting that later in life they will be able to find a way of transitioning into a more entrepreneurial path. And I think that that's a realistic statement of how MBA students translate an education into a career. Sloan's new tech program links the field with entrepreneurship, and though the program's focus is on launching and developing tech companies, Robert says you don't necessarily have to focus on the entrepreneurship part. If you came in, you weren't interested in being your own boss, starting your own company. You were interested in technology per se, and learning better how to manage it and work with it and the like. There's a whole bunch of elective courses, and you would say, "Yeah, that's what you're interested in taking." And they would be courses that relate to technology strategy. There'd be courses relating to R and D organization. There would be courses relating、uh, to managing technical people.、Uh, there would be courses relating to specific areas of new technology, like what's going on in the world of energy or or what have you, that wouldn't necessarily be focusing upon entrepreneurship. And in the entrepreneurship program, we're very clear. Our entrepreneurship program, and our entrepreneurship center, and our new entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and innovation option, all of those are not general entrepreneurship. They are entrepreneurship in areas of emerging technology. So, if you want to talk about starting a chain of retail stores,、uh, if somebody comes to me, I say, hey, you would be well advised to go to a place like Babson. Which is a really good traditional entrepreneurship place. If you plan to launch your own company after, or even while you're getting your MBA, you can take a broad approach to your education by taking a general management approach, or you can hop on an entrepreneurship track. Running your own business means you'll be responsible for a lot of different things, from marketing to finance to managing employees. While most business schools offer entrepreneurship courses, some schools like Stanford and Wharton have well-established entrepreneurship curriculums. At the Olin Graduate School of Business at Babson College, entrepreneurship isn't really just a track; it's a way of thinking. Stephen Spinelli is Babson's vice provost for entrepreneurship and global management. He says entrepreneurship is incorporated into the entire MBA curriculum. The first year of the full-time MBA is a modular curriculum that mirrors the entrepreneurial process. So we have redesigned the entire first year of the MBA to reflect the realities of business startup 
growth and maturity. And we look at it in a holistic way with multiple lenses. I mean, one of the great parts of entrepreneurship is that it is um, multidisciplinary by necessity. So if you look at the pathway to, uh, to start up and business growth, you have to have all the disciplinary components that help you meet challenges, solve problems, create value. So the first year of our the first module you take is around creativity and then opportunity recognition and then service delivery systems and launch practices and then rapidly growing companies and then maturing companies and then we put all the multidisciplinary lenses around that we teach uh, in teams around that process. During the second year, Babson offers what they call the entrepreneurship intensity track. Spinelli says it would give you a total immersion to startups. That is a cohort of students, and you have to apply to the intensity track at the end of your first year. That's for uh, students who either have a business that they're launching while they're at Babson, or they have an idea that they believe is a real opportunity, and they need to build out the business plan and begin to acquire capital while they're still getting their MBA. And we integrate that specific opportunity that specific students' perspective on their new business into a curriculum built around the process of them launching that business either at Babson or after or right after they leave Babson. So we don't we, we created the entrepreneurship intensity track in a lot of ways to accommodate the student that wants their education but doesn't want to wait to uh, to launch a business. Even if you don't plan on being an entrepreneur, Spinelli says you'll only be set up to gain by studying the process of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is really the management paradigm for the 21st century that the skills you acquire in the entrepreneurship uh, pathway are, I think, applicable to virtually anything you're going to do in a management capacity for the rest of your life, no matter where you are. I mean, we really base the curriculum around opportunity recognition, um, growing a business, and creating value, if you're going to really take a you know, 90,000-foot view of it. And being nimble and understanding opportunities and how to create and capture value as a result of that is more the, the leadership function and management than is having a job for 30 years that uh, has you manage a, a specific set of resources. And the reality is the world really is changing. The nature of, of information is that it is more ubiquitous now. The municipal boundaries are not, well, sometimes they impede commerce. They, they don't stop it. The nature of opportunity crosses those boundaries. The factors of production cross those boundaries, and things change rapidly. In a rapidly changing environment, the entrepreneurial process is the predominant paradigm. I can say that with great confidence. So if you want to manage in the 21st century, you better understand what it means to recognize opportunities and to exploit them. Finance is one of the most popular concentrations, and perhaps all MBA programs can prepare you for a career in the field. Not only are there a number of job possibilities in finance, but an MBA in finance can be a great tool for launching a career into the industry 
especially for those career switchers. Wharton and the Stern School at New York University have well-established finance curriculums, along with the University of Chicago Graduate School of Business. Julie Martin is Chicago GSB's Associate Dean of Career Services. She says, with a finance concentration, you can do a lot of different jobs. I think some of the some of the most common, if you will, MBA career tracks for people with finance degrees are fields like investment banking. Um, and I guess within that, just to back up a little bit, I think you can think of investment banking as an industry, but it's probably more useful to think of it as a function and sort of an, and all the other functions that happen under the roof of an investment bank, as it were. So investment banking, sales and trading, research, private client services, all of those fields happen, all of those functional areas take place within the, the, the house of an investment bank. Um, I think other things that MBAs um, typically can go into are financial roles within companies. So company analysis, treasury work, um, sort of roads leading to CFO kinds of positions. And then there's a segment of the population that goes into commercial banking and lending. So not bank, so banking, but not investment banking, more commercial banking. And then there's um, a group of career tracks that I would think of as more kind of alternative investments, um, things like uh, venture capital, private equity, real estate. I think you could probably lump hedge funds into that category as well. So a, a wide range of career paths that all draw on finance skills but are very, very different in terms of the Day in a life, um, you know, day in a life kind of attributes that one might encounter. Chicago GSB offers analytic finance as a concentration on top of straight finance. Morton says analytic finance is for those interested in highly quantitative careers. So things like um, some of the hedge funds, some of the investment management. Um, positions that focus on quantitative um, on quantitative areas, students would um, be more likely to take concentrations in the in the quantitative finance area. And it, it so let me back up. In order to get a concentration in quantitative finance, you also have to satisfy the finance concentra- uh, the finance requirements. So by by earning the quant finance concentration, you've in essence also earned the finance concentration, and so it's it's just a it's it's a it's a kind of a turbocharged finance degree, if you will, finance concentration. So they take courses that are in structured finance, um, more advanced classes in financial markets, more advanced classes in asset pricing that prepare them for the more quantitative areas of finance that they're going into. But somebody who's going into Investment banking, for example, wouldn't necessarily need the quant, the quantitative finance concentration. They could certainly, you know, benefit from it, but that wouldn't, they wouldn't need it. Whether you're searching for your summer internship or that job after graduation, Morton says having a finance concentration is a good way to show recruiters you're serious about working in the field. Especially if they're career changers, that's a really good kind of leading indicator that this is truly an area of interest. And from a technical perspective, the skills that students would require would be would be asked to exhibit to be successful in their summer internships, so things like doing a discounted cash flow and things like that, they would definitely learn in their finance classes. 
So I think it'd be fairly unusual for somebody to want to pursue an internship in, you know, investment banking, for example, and not have taken a bunch of finance classes. Recruiters look for students who have a demonstrated skill set. So if somebody, for example, um, was an analyst on Wall Street before coming here, they know a lot of the technical skills that would be required um, before an investment banking internship. You know, if they took a lot of strategy classes in their first year, that would be fine. Um, somebody who was a brand manager before and didn't have a lot of finance, I think recruiters would expect more finance classes from them. A finance concentration will certainly give you many options after graduation, from financial analysts to account managers to controllers to the chief financial officer. With so many choices, Morton says it's important to really evaluate who you are. You know, what do you enjoy doing? What skills do you bring to the table? Um, and what are the commonalities amongst those skills? I mean, do you really enjoy taking a problem and kind of dissecting it and thinking about it from all its different angles? Um, do you really enjoy figuring things out sort of very mathematically? Um, you know, what kinds of things are, you know, kind of make you t- on that score. Um, What kinds of things are are you really interested in? And then think about how those line up with different careers. Um, You know, investment, people who are successful in investment banking are um, very analytical. Um, They certainly have strong quantitative skills, but I think it's their ability to marry that analysis ability with strategic kind of big picture thinking, especially if you start thinking about things like mergers and acquisitions work or corporate finance work. How how do all those pieces of, of the puzzle fit together? If those are the kinds of things that interest you, then this might be a career that interests you. Support for MBA Podcaster comes from Kaplan Test Prep and Admissions, the pioneers of the test prep industry. And after more than 40 years and tens of thousands of GMAT success stories, they've learned that the key to success on the GMAT is preparation and practice. That's why Kaplan, and only Kaplan, offers the ultimate practice test, a trial run of the GMAT at the actual testing facility. It's your chance to find out what you're up against on test day without recording an official score. So when you're up against the real thing, you can focus on what's really important, performing your best. And with eight more computer-adaptive practice tests in the Kaplan curriculum, it's also a part of the most realistic GMAT practice you can get from anyone, anywhere. You'll prep smarter and score higher, guaranteed, or your money back. And MBA podcaster listeners can save 10%. Just use code MBAPOD10 at captest.com slash podcaster, or when you call 1-800-CAPTEST. For more information, advice, and to register for your weekly MBA podcast, visit mbapodcaster.com. I'm Janet Nakano, and this is MBA Podcaster. Thanks for listening, and next time, we'll discuss MBA summer internships, how to land the right one for you.